Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I simply entitled this, Understanding Salvation. Understanding salvation. Here is the first half of this two-part study. And so uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9, I simply entitled this Understanding Salvation. Understanding Salvation. Uh, We'll look at it in two parts, salvation and the source, and then uh, salvation you can't earn in verse 9. So salvation and the source in verse 8, and salvation you can't earn in verse 9. I honestly thought I was going to get all three verses done, but I was like, I, 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 I was going to keep y'all here for hours. And so I was like, I'll do verse 10 next week. The other thing is, too, is when we come Wednesday, I realized I left a whole section of the Nephilim out of my teaching. Something, I was messing around with the page, and then when I went to look, it, it skipped over, and I got to come back to it. So when we come in, I'll, I'll share that little part, portion of it before we get started with Genesis chapter 6. It happens. Uh, and so uh, this week we're actually going to be talking about, uh, and what we've heard so far as we've looked at chapter 1 uh, of Ephesians and, and, uh, and on into chapter 2, it's talked about the, the predestined, uh, that you are predestined and adopted for a future and purpose for his good pleasure. And yet in verse chapter 1, it talked about that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And he told you in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14, who is guaranteed of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to praise of his glory. And so we see when we look at this uh, is the, the, these verses that we'll deal with today actually deal with salvation by God is guaranteed. And the inheritance that you're saved and your, your debt of sin is paid. Uh, and, and so the other thing that we'll look at is it doesn't matter your works. It doesn't matter, like, I, you have status and, you know, you think that's going to bring you in. Or, man, I got this old, my, my great-grandmother, man, she was really faithful with God. So she's going to open the gate for me. No, that's not how it works. Uh, there are many, unfortunately, many things that uh, have people tripped up right now. And when we see things where they add Jesus to it, Jesus plus this, that's a, that's a sign you need to run away from. Okay, or when you, they tell you that you have a new knowledge or you have, we have this new thing that has never been given to the church in all of its history, but we have this new thing. You need to run from it. There aren't many roads that lead to heaven. There's only one. We learn in, in verses, uh, in, in chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 3, that we were dead in our trespasses. 
that we were separated from God uh, because of our sin. And we followed the course of the world, the prince of the air, Satan. Every one of us. And, and yet we were consumed by the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. But then we get to those beautiful verses in verses 4 through 7, but God. But God, He was rich in His mercy and His great love, and yet He loved us when we were dead in our trespasses. And He offers us the greatest gift that you can ever receive, and it's a free gift of salvation. One of the things we'll talk about today is it's important as we, we share the gospel with people, we talk to them about Christ, because anybody you talk to today will tell you they know God. They know Jesus. But how do you talk to them about salvation? How do you talk to them about their, the debt of sin cannot be paid by works? We all think, and I did too, that you know I never thought I'd be riding on a float through Natalia, but yesterday, next time I need you. Ah, all the bets. I'm getting y'all next time. Yeah, they, they were like, do you have any other bets that you want to bring? I was like, man, you gave me an hour and a half to get over there. They called me at the last minute because the, the VFW had a float in the parade at Natalia. So I, here I was throwing candy in the parade yesterday. And so now I can take Kevin and Court on the next one. Uh, but the, the thing is, is we all think that we have plenty of time. And I'm sitting on that float and I'm thinking to myself, I can remember going to war thinking, this is it. And I'll probably die in, in Iraq somewhere. And to be honest with you, I didn't have a relationship with God. I was going to go ahead and roll the dice on my works, which I know wouldn't have got me in. And, and so we all think that we have this uh, great amount of time to make this decision. But your time here on earth is but a vapor. You have a decision to make of, of, of understanding that Jesus is the only way. He tells us that the, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, that in verse, actually towards the end of verse 30, it says, I will repay, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, It is appointed for men to die once. But after this judgment, and we spoke about that, and it's very important for us to understand that there's two forms of judgment. There's the beam of seat of, uh, of judgment for the followers of Christ, where God will take the, the works that you have done, Jesus, and, and you'll get crowns, or else you'll just go in on flames on end. Like you'll be putting yourself out thinking, man, I. Because if you decided to get all your glory here, you know? It's, it's something to think about. But the other, the other side of the judgment is the great white throne of judgment. The great white throne of judgment is, is your works will be put on display, meaning that it only requires the wages of sin is death, sin being one sin. You probably knocked that one sin out when you were five or six. If you think about it, you lied. or Did, did you hit your brother? No. Right? Did you grab your sister's hair? No. Right, And so that, that debt of sin can't be paid by you, not by any amount of works that you do. And so that is the great white throne of judgment that you will face, and it's eternity in hell. And we need to be able to explain that to people because that's, that is the center of the gospel message. We want to tell people about the love of Christ. Awesome. But you have to tell them about the judgment of Christ as well. One of the things I do want to go over as we get started here is there's a wonderful... Um, uh, way to understand this 
as we talk about we are called as followers of Christ uh, through grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone. Uh, there's a thing called the five solas, and, and it actually is, is the biblical plea, and I'll, I'll go over these for you, and it's scripture alone, faith alone, grace alone, by Christ alone, to glory of God alone. The first one we have is scripture. And we understand that the word of God is without error. There's nothing that needs to be added to or taken from, right? And, and the, scripture, the scripture emphasizes the source that we need, which is Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is, is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy never came by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We see that that, that is the divine inspiration of the Word of God in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. I think it's more important. I think we always read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, but read what verses 14 through 17 say. It says, But, when, uh, but you must continue in the things in which you have learned, and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that, that, that from childhood that you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It is through the Scriptures that you can understand salvation. It points us to it. In Christ, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we can understand that the, the definite author of the, of, of the body of the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation is ultimately God. And it's without error. You have scripture alone and then you have grace alone. And this is emphasizing grace as a, as a reason for salvation. And so salvation comes from God and, and has, uh, has done rather than, than what we do. It's not by, based upon what we do. Grace is simply God's unmerited faith. There's an acronym to remember grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. We can't earn it. It, it is something that is freely given by faith. You have Scripture alone, through grace alone, through faith alone. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because the Catholic Church, um, what else we got? The Mormon Church, I don't know if you can call it church, but the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness, they all do workspace. The other part about it too, though, is if you study the Word of God, Scripture alone, you would understand the Jesus that they worship is not the Jesus from the Bible. And, and not the Catholic Church, but the... the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness. You ask the Jehovah Witness if they're one in 144,000, don't know. You ask a Muslim, well, how are you going to make it to, to be with Allah? Don't know. We had a, one of the things our, our pastor would always say is Pastor Joe asked a priest one time. He grew up in the Catholic Church and then came to faith later on in life. And he asked the, the priest at the time, he was like, how do I know I'm going to go to heaven? You just don't know. That's what he was told. As a teenager, can you imagine hearing that? Like, so we don't know, but you do know by faith alone. And so we know that it's an emphasize of salvation as a free gift 
And, and, and it's important for us to understand that. It's, it, it goes back to John 3.16. It goes back to Ephesians 2, verse 9, that not of works lest anyone should boast. Your life, because of grace in God, you believe that by faith. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, And without faith it's impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So we have Scripture alone, through grace alone, by faith alone, and there's only one way, through Christ alone. There's only one way. And emphasizes that the, the role of salvation is through Jesus Christ, through the work of Christ. There's no other name under heaven where man can be saved. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but, we, uh, but one who in every respect has, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find the grace to help in the time of need. We have a high priest that understands the struggles that you go through. We have a high priest that died on the cross for you. That He loved you that much that He was obedient to the Father and He died on the cross. And so we have Scripture alone, through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, and it's all to the glory of God alone. Nobody gets the glory but God. And, and, and sometimes you'll hear people's testimony and it's about them. The Holy Spirit ushered you to make the decision. The knocking that you had on your heart was done by the Holy Spirit. And, and so we, we have to remember that when we're in church, we're not striving because it's the glory of God. We're not striving to please a leader. We're not striving to keep a, a list of rules or to try to maintain a behavior pattern. But it's all, everything we do is for the glory of God alone. In 1 Corinthians 10.31 it says, So whatever you eat or drink and whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We are to bring glory to God. You are to reflect God to others. Now that we've seen that it's Scripture alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, We'll see that salvation in the source in verse 8, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now there are some that will argue the controversy of, of the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, and we'll look at both of those today. Uh, and, and, and understanding that it's by grace you're saved, and that is the sovereignty of God, right? What is man's responsibility? Through faith. Through faith. You have to make the choice. Does everybody get the chance to make Everybody gets the chance to make the choice. And so the issue has been argued over the years uh, over God's sovereignty and, and man's responsibility. And we'll look at that. And, and, and God is sovereign and the responsibility of man, but it can be proven. Both positions, it's very important because with Calvary Chapel, we take a balanced approach. And so both positions can be, be argued. And what I want to do is when we get into this, I want to make sure we look at it with a balanced approach. So when I look at for by grace you have been saved, I can tell you, I know me. I would not have saved me. Okay? 
I mean, if we were to be honest with ourselves, like you look at the person, when I was 39, if you would have told me God could save me, I would have been like, no, I know me. I know the filth. I know the things that are in my head. I know the things that are pouring out of my heart. How could God love me and save me? But he can. He can. I couldn't save myself. So salvation comes through the grace of God. Nothing I can do to deserve it or earn it. It's something God has done through the grace that he provides. God saved. It's his grace. What is my part? Through faith. That's my part. I have to believe. You know, I believe the promises of God. I believe and confess with my mouth my sins. I believe and ask Christ into my heart. I believe that God was raised from the dead and was resurrected. And I believe I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm already seated up and raised and ready. I believe when I take my last breath on this earth, I know where I'll be through faith. And that's nothing from me. That's from reading the scripture, sitting and I can, I sat for probably three months with Joe, just hearing the book of Luke and having it just wash over me and wash and just having that just beating in my chest, knowing that this is what I needed. And that was God that was ushering me into that. It's faith. And, and, and faith is necessary for salvation. God raised Christ uh, from the dead, and, and, and we believe that, and, and the Bible supports that, and so it's through believing in Jesus Christ. You can't disassociate the, the salvation from faith. And Peter gives it to us in this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance un, uh, incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that. Like, there's a place, like if you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you have a place reserved in heaven. Reserved. It's waiting. Right? And, and it's, it, it is through, sal through the faith from, uh, for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. See, God's part, and He talks about it here, and, and as we look at 1 Peter, it's, you know, again, it's that term that He told Nicodemus, you know, you have to be born again. You become a new creation in Christ. The old dies. And, and God starts a fresh beginning. And I heard a pastor again, I, I remember sharing this with y'all not too long ago, it's as, as if Christ talks about the heart being the home. And when we're first young believers, the only thing we want to let, do, let, let happen is Christ be on the, piano, on the um, piano, on the patio. Hello. You want to just let him on the patio. You don't want to let them in the house yet. Because there's a lot of filth and stuff in the house still that needs to go. But Christ wants more. And he goes, you know, I want to come into the living room or the kitchen. Okay, Lord, you can come in there. Eventually, you give them a spot. You go, okay, Lord, you can have the guest bedroom. You know there's nothing in there, right? And eventually, Christ is down in the living room and he says, I smell something that smells like death. 
And you're like, what is that? I don't smell it. I do. It's in the closet upstairs in your room. And you don't want to give that stuff up. But as you're becoming a new creation in Christ, Christ is trying to deal with all that stuff through sanctification to help you grow. To reflect Him. Because He's saying that stuff has to go. And so you have to be born again. He told Nicodemus, who was the brightest, he would have known. And he's like, you don't know this? You must be born again. God saves. And what does it mean to be saved? And one of the things we talked about over the, the verses 1 through 3 is, first, I'm saved from the trespasses of sin. Right? This is why Paul goes over this. This is why it's so important as we look at the Scriptures because Paul is in chains. And don't ever let Jojo put you in the handcuffs if you don't know how to do the secret handcuff unlocking because he lost the key. Because I couldn't get out of the handcuffs the other day. He keeps losing the key. And I'm like, man, don't do that. But Paul is in chains when he's writing this, right? And he's writing this to the church of Ephesus. And I want you to think about something here for a second. Paul is, is, is writing, and he persecuted the church as Saul. And when we think about the story of the prodigal son, when the father comes running up, it's when he's running up and is showing grace, is showing mercy, right? But what does the other brother do? Well, you never did a, you never gave me anything. You didn't, you didn't kill a fatty calf for me. I kept all the rules. It was all the Sadducees and Pharisees. That's the representative of the, of the, the other brother. And that was Paul. That was Paul. Paul was trying to destroy, as Saul, trying to destroy the church of grace. He didn't like it. Because Paul was all about laws. And keeping the law. And works. And here he is telling us about grace. And he's in chains in a jail. And he tells us, like, you're saved from your trespasses and your sins. You're saved from being controlled by Satan. You're not following the course of the world anymore. At least you shouldn't be. You're saved from being a slave from lust of flesh and of the mind and of your sinful nature. That would have caused you to be destined for, to experience the wrath of God. So you're saved from the wrath of God. Those are all the negative things that you're saved from. What are the positive things that you're saved from? I've been raised from the state of death in my sins and I'm being alive in Christ. I've been, I've been saved for and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I've been saved for the glorious future and eternity of blessings from the grace and kindness of God towards me. See, Paul has given us the contrast of what you were before, what you are, and what you've been saved for. And it's a beauty that we see there, but he's saying, look, that you are, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And that refers to, as we refer to the faith of, of being saved, those that, that may hold on to the, the absolute sovereignty of God and, and the exclusion of the responsibility of man, and, and that takes the, the viewpoint of your, your predestined, right? That, that you actually, their, their belief is that you have absolutely nothing to do with your salvation, 
right? You're predestined. You're chosen. And, and so when you think about that, you're, you're saved by, by grace through, uh, of God through faith. There, the, the position of that is that you're really, it's really not your own faith. It's already been predetermined. And so whatever you do, you have no part of trying to fix. Like if I'm already predetermined to go to hell, I can't fix it. I'm going to give you some scripture that will kind of tie this together. We remember that one thing that Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking into uh, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's by, by Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of them himself more highly than he ought to think, but, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You know what? I think each of us have the measure of faith. We all question when you see creation. We all question when you are going through uh, somebody dies and you're like, well, what happens to you when you die? You have a measure of faith. You're questioning that stuff. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 